We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is the Sacramento Bees, Chris Biederman, and we are joined today by Marcus Thompson of The Athletic. He's a columnist at The Athletic, one of the very best. And of course, as always, Candlestick Chronicles is brought to you by Cooper's Brewing, our favorite brewery. For obvious reasons. Clearly. How much? So we have, I have two cases of Candlestick Chronicles in my house. Yes. The hazy IPA. From... One, one technically belongs to a friend of ours, but I'm going to see if that person wants me to deliver it or if I can store it at my house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. So the beer's so good. It's so good. It's, it's really good. I typically around this time of year get into like, I don't do a lot of like pumpkin beers, but I do like darker. I start getting darker with my beer around this time of year. But luckily we live, we live in a state where it's still, you know, 80, 85, 90. And that crisp candlestick chronicles hazy. Oh, it's perfect. (laughs) Does is does it say something bad about me? I was thinking the other day because it, it was raining, and I was like, "Oh man, this rain is like giving me life." Like, is that a weird thing? No, that's not a weird thing. Okay, because no. I'm not like a a mopey person, but I was like, "Oh man, I just love this rain right now." It's not weird. No, it doesn't I mean like I'm rain. depressed. Okay, no, I'm I'm one of the most like <laughs> people, and I <laughs> really like the rain a lot. Okay, cool. There's nothing like to me. Sitting inside, listening to the rain, I've got a cup of coffee, and I'm like, hey, can't do anything outside today because it's raining, so I'm just going to sit here, I guess. And you could probably rock some of your flannel, too. No, you already know, coach. (laughs) You already know I got a flannel on. 
Um, so yeah, we're sponsored. Dark beer. <laughs> we're sponsored by Cooperage, who has all kinds of beer for every season. Um, so check them out in Santa Rosa. Uh, really good conversation with Marcus. I thought maybe my favorite writer. He's my. I think he's. Yeah, he's he's probably my favorite writer. Usually, like if it's not if it's not like a personal friend, like like you or Nick, I usually will be like, okay, I'll bookmark this and you know read it later. But when Marcus writes something, I'm like, I'm stopping what I'm doing. Yeah, like I'm <laughs> pause. I'm gonna read this because it's either gonna make me laugh, it's gonna I'm gonna learn something, or it's gonna make me think about a thing in a way that I've not thought about it yet. Right. And I just and it's he, I just I really, really like his style of writing. He's really good. Really, really he's excellent on the pod. Very, very good human. Um we talked yeah, a lot so of non niners. Yeah, we talked niners. <laughs> we did I think we had the requisite Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo discussion. Um, but we couldn't have Marcus on without dabbling in some warriors, so we got that yeah. in. And then we also touched on uh, a little Oakland A's. A little optimism about the Oakland A's. At the very end. So, like, it's at the very end. You don't have to worry about the A's if you're, like, because I know there are some Niner fans who just aren't are not A's. Or baseball. Not fans. A's fans. Or baseball fans. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a discussion we had at the end of the pod. So, <clears throat> if Also, you, uh, we circle it. Just so I, I'm just trying to help people out. If you want to skip the Warriors stuff, don't end the pod because we get back into Niner stuff at the eight. Yeah, we kind of bounce around. We go Niners, Warriors, Niners again, a little Warriors, and then A's, I think. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great... I mean, if if you're a Bay Area sports fan, anytime you can listen to Marcus, you should do it. So let's get to that conversation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Marcus Thompson is here. Um, if you've been in the Bay Area and you absorb any type of sports media, you know how good Marcus is at his job. And he's also a top quality human being. Um, and I think it's his first time on the pod. So, Marcus, welcome. Thank you so much for hey, doing hey. this. I think it's 
You, you know it is. I've been begging to come on here. Don't act like it's possible. I might have been on here before. You've been begging to come on here. I sent like ten emails. Someone let me on. Oh, One okay. of my I must have missed no the response. <laughs> One of my favorite like media stories is when I was doing a college radio show, and Marcus was nice enough to give me his time. <laughs> this is like 2009 or 2010, and I'm like, dude, I got Marcus Thompson coming on my radio show. This is sick. Like first like person with a name that I'd ever had on. And so I go through my whole thing and we have a good Warriors conversation. And I go, Marcus, tell, tell people, you know, where they can find your work. And you go, they can Google me. And I just thought that was incredible. <laughs> it was great. I, I, that was a good line. It's a very Yo, good. why why is your uh man, why is your like video quality so much better than Chris's? Like you look like you're in a Darth he, Vader studio. I have he USA invested money, so. he invested in a camera. I have not. Yeah. Man, you got a camera, man. It's so dark around you. Like everything is so like it, it's fire. No, don't change it. It's dope. Nah, the other way is better. Like that. All right, there dope. we go. All right, cool, cool, cool. So Chris, you look like I'm watching my grandmother's TV. You know? <laughs> Shout out to Apple. Um so, <laughs> so the uh, we wanted to have you on, obviously, for a long time, but Marcus, you and I spoke at length at the game on Sunday, just sort of about Trey Lance's injury and Kyle Shanahan's handling of it. And I think we, we, we came to sort of an agreement that like, yeah, this is football stuff and and football stuff happens regarding like a guy just getting hurt. But I also do think there's a fair element to say, you know, Trey Lance wasn't necessarily in the best position and you can look at the way Kyle Shanahan handled certain things and I'm not saying Shanahan is the reason he got hurt, because I think a lot of that discussion is a little bit overboard. But I think just in general, like looking at Trey Lance as a prospect, understanding that at North Dakota State, he never slid. Him saying that slide he had in the Green Bay preseason game was the first time he's ever slid in a game. And then even this last week before the Seahawks game, when he hurt himself, he said, you know, I'm not I'm still adjusting to NFL guys being bigger, faster, stronger, um, you know, th- than what he was used to at the FCS. And so to me, it's like, man, this guy doesn't know how to protect himself. Like that's problematic in asking him to run 13 times a game because, you know, even Colin Kaepernick, when he was running in 2012 and 2013, when the 49ers were contending, he was doing it at about half that rate. Um, and you wrote a really good column about it. I, I'm just curious, like broadly, what you think about the situation and the way Kyle Shanahan handled things. I mean, I, first, I think there's like mountains of evidence, dialogue and articles about running quarterbacks <laughs> being more <laughs> in danger. Right. Right. Like, I mean, where's Cam Newton? Yo, did we all know his career was going to be, you know, dwarfed by the how he played? Uh, so to me going in it's automatically like how do we not expose him to injury the irony about this and i'm 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 definitely not with the crowd of you know kyle got him hurt (laughs) but this idea that i mean these dudes won't won't go for fourth and one because of percentages right they're like (laughs) this thing is like mapped out to a science so this idea that it's kind of willy-nilly when somebody gets hurt, like, nah, be like practices. <laughs> Everything is, you know, you can't touch the quarterback ever in practice. Like this stuff is like well known and down to a science. 
and it's all about uh percentages and inches and avoiding you know what i'm saying so yeah. this idea of oh man it's just football like nah they all treat nothing else like this you know what i'm saying like there's never if that's the case yeah you know take that jersey off the quarterback and practice like <laughs> you know what i'm saying or 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 go for it on fourth and two from the instead of you know yeah. letting the percentages play out so to me that was a bit of a that's a bit of a disingenuous argument in a sport where every decision is like calculating this stuff you you don't go with the quarterback and be like eh. It happens like, nah, you trying to figure out, hold on, man. Like, <laughs> how do we do it? And the thing to me with Trey is not that he shouldn't run. Like, obviously he was going to run. The point is to me, if if I'm, if I'm going to be critical of Kyle is he didn't pass enough and his run became predictable. If he's running one time for every two passes, the defense know he's running, and we literally watched that happen in the game. The first time he does the little basic quarterback draw up the middle, he gets seven yards. Second time, it's four. Third time, they sitting on the thing, like you know. And so I, you know, you hear these Jalen Hurts comparison, you hear these Josh Allen comparison, like them dudes throw the rock, right? It's not mm-hmm. like yo, uh, they're just running every down. They're like you have to protect against their pass, and then their ability to scramble is a counter but with trey the it was far more the main thing which i thought made him it it just made the defense more ready for it and i do think this what happened to trey was kind of freakish and like not part of the calculus but if it was like a sprained knee right (laughs) and he's out three games we could make the same case right it would feel Mm -hmm. more like so i don't think he's like hey man it's if he dies, he dies. I don't think it was like that. Like, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but to me, if you're if your quarterback's gonna run, you just don't want it to be in a situation where they're like, Hey, he's going to run and we know right. it. And I thought he was in that situation a little bit too much for for a guy who's been hurt in that same situation before. Do you think that he was put in that situation because Shanahan thought you know, hey, this is the this is the best way to move the football against the Seahawks and the Bears. Or was it a scenario where he just didn't think that Trey was ready to move the ball through the air consistently? I think it was the latter. Uh, I, I do. I do. This is something, that, you know, I feel like we'd want to hear Kyle explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I think to me, it looked like a sign that he didn't. He just didn't feel that comfortable with Trey dropping back and making these passes. And he's got to be, he's got to be accountable to a bunch of dudes who are trying to get to the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I could totally see Kyle saying, Hey man, let's just take it slow. Let's take it easy on you. Let's simplify it. Mm-hmm. Let's get a few games under our belt. You know, let's get you comfortable. And we're going to do that by doing what we can to prevent you turning the ball over. Like, that to me, that's a sensible. Like if Kyle said that, I'd be like, "Yeah, that may." I, I get that. I understand that because as soon as he went down, they start chucking the rock. <laughs> right, right. As soon right. as he went down, like, comes in, it's like, "All right." <laughs> I think it was pass. It was. I mean, it was third and like seven when the play after he got hurt. So you kind of got to pass on that, but you don't have to. Kyle would run Debo out there on the sweep <laughs> on third and six, right? But he passed it. Then the next drive, five out of or four out of five of the, you know, of the snaps was passes. So like 
the offense changed. So to me, it just felt like he wanted to ease Trey in. He didn't want to put him in position to make these make the mistakes early because it's so much better to get off to a good start the season. And you know, you imagine he ripping the ball, Trey throw two picks. They already lost in Chicago. Now they, you know, down at home against Seattle. Like that's the type of thing that conspiratorial season out of control. So I kind of understand why he did it. it there, there's some logic to it. So is it too difficult a needle to thread then to try to develop a young quarterback with a team that they believe is ready to contend for a Super Bowl? Because to me, it's you like know, if you're not going to trust the guy and you're trying to develop him also win and you're like exposing to getting hurt, it just feels kind of like, well, maybe you should have just kept Jimmy Garoppolo if you really trust him more and the team feels better about him. Like to it to me, like, I don't know. I feel like once we get to 2023 and who knows, maybe there's a chance Jimmy Garoppolo is still around. I feel like Kyle Shanahan would handle it completely differently than how we did this year. I think so too. But I, I did think a part of that was because of how unprecedented it was, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo just wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, he, he just wasn't, they, they literally moved on. Right. I mean, when he did his little post, his uh, end of season, talk with the media like that felt like the end you know what i'm saying so i i do think there was a bit of like yo man you still here you might as well just spend the night (laughs) you know (laughs) and it ended up working out perfect but i i just i just think it was so unprecedented uh but to me i do think that's a valid point the odd part of it is they were pretty emphatic about this is trey's team Mm-hmm. And the question, so my question is, like, why were you so emphatic if you don't trust him to throw it? You know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, uh, was the thinking, man, if we had a running quarterback instead of a pocket guy, we would win. Like, but I mean, I don't think that's what he was thinking. And I'm thinking it's not that Jimmy, you don't want that level of passing ability. It's the big playability that mm-hmm. was missing right it's the what do you do under pressure in the player like that was the thing so you could see trey saying you could see him saying man trey can make a play in that situation when we need it the most so to me maybe they were working up to that point but it felt like if you, if you don't think you can run the offense man <laughs> maybe but also there are other factors right like yeah. you only get a rookie quarterback under a controllable contract, a reasonable contract for four years. One was already gone. Mm -hmm. So you kind of needed to to get this ball rolling if he's going to be that guy. So maybe it's like you might not be that guy right now, but hopefully you're that guy next year when we get through this year. But we're going to play slow like that. That's a factor, too. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes the future questionable. You get him now. Now that rookie year is year three of the contract, right? So if he balls in year four, now you're talking about, this dude's gonna want a huge extension, and you basically got two years year. out of him. If you know what I'm saying, so yeah, to yeah. me, it's like you kind of had to, you kind of had to go through the process of getting them ready. So, so there is other context, but just on the surface, it's like if you don't, if you don't think he could, especially the passes they were throwing, right? It was like, hey, we're gonna run this. Well, he's open, hit him. He's yeah. open. Like, I feel right. like Trey could have done that. We saw Trey make that throw three times in Chicago. You know, yeah. <laughs> like in Week One. That yeah, he's yeah, I'm. I, I, I wonder a little bit if it wasn't that type of throw so much as it was 
a screen to Debo or the shorter stuff over the middle that maybe they were more worried about than the deeper stuff. But my question now, and maybe it's too early for this. Um, I'm wondering if Shanahan, knowing everything he knows now, if he could go back, if he would still pick Trey third. I think he would. You think so? I think he would. Marcus, what do you think? As opposed to who? That well, okay, and that's like that's what that's what right is it is it Justin Fields like probably not it, it's probably not Mac Jones, so that's what <clears throat> I don't know. I just I was thinking about that today, and maybe you if, don't trade up and you stay at the spot, but maybe you just try to get up for Micah Parsons or something instead. <laughs> we went twelve. I do yeah. feel like they believe he's special though. Like I do feel like they believe he's special. I think it so too. When you can get the special out of him was the question. And you know, a funny part is like, I know nobody on the 49ers podcast is interested in talking Warriors, but oh, pl- literally I they just it. went through the same thing. Yeah. Right. Of these kind of two timelines and the clash between that. It's kind of the same thing, right? Where you mm-hmm. got these veterans who are ready to win the Super Bowl, you got this young talent who need developing, right? Mm-hmm. And like when the playoffs hit, it was all the veterans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was true. like, hey, it's, mo- it's really tough to pull off. Moses Moody had a big game two minutes against Dallas. He did. He huge, huge. <laughs> no, uh, uh, what was the other game too? I think it was game three. Remember they were down by like 30 and almost came back at one. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The bench guys. Yeah. 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 was balling that game. Yeah. We will always talk Warriors on this podcast. Yeah, well, uh, I I do have some Warriors questions for you, but I, I want to get to the I want to get to them a little bit later after the Niners stuff. So, what are your expectations now that Jimmy Garoppolo is back? Like, because I know a lot of the discussion is like, well, maybe the 49ers are a better team now, and I I kind of think, given just Trey's overall and experience, I don't think it's an unfair take. I think the floor is certainly higher, the ceiling's absolutely lower. Um, but just curious what you think, like where the 49ers stack up in the NFC and their chances to, you know, potentially get back to an NFC title game or even further. I think they're, I think they're better. I think they're better. Like, because this part, like Jimmy's good at like, and I think that's kind of proven. I Mm -hmm. I think the trade thing was, we're going to take a little bit of a step back on this part. But, man, when Aaron Donald is coming at you in the, in the NFC title game, like, <laughs> we need you to not be standing right there for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's unquestionable. Like, Jimmy's playoff performances just haven't been, you know, of that of what they needed to be, right? So, mm-hmm. to me, I feel like this part is – especially, like, in his situation – like Jimmy is a gangster, right? Like he go, he hear, he heard all this stuff. Like he's not shook at all. So yeah. I could see him going out and be like, "Oh, y'all wanted to cast me off. Well, all right. Oh, I'm only making six million now. Okay, let's <laughs> get all this money back, right? Like I could see him doing that. He he can do this part, man. Like he is a winning quarterback. Yeah. So I do think, like I think they win the Chicago game if Jimmy's playing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying if nothing else the like experience and rapport, you know, like I, I, man, 
one of the things that I think we just kind of gloss over and you just see it around the league, young quarterbacks struggle. Like no matter that they say all the right things. And then two years later, they're like, Ooh, that rookie year. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, like they struggle. So, you know, it was coming. It, it happened right out, right out the bat. You could see Kyle, like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I feel like they're going to be better in the regular season. The question is always about what happens in the playoffs when it's money time and it's really just about two great teams going against each other and talent wins and the best thing the the the, the 49ers have going for them is like if Jaquaski Tart catches that they're probably back in the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying like so to me, it was always about the postseason with Trey. It wasn't about right. the regular season. This part, I think he's good at, and he's got a chip on the shoulder. Yeah, that I was mean, a bit going head first on, in a in a game that's one. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was crazy that he did that. That was insane. Yeah, I was shocked he didn't spike it. This year. Exactly <laughs> I, right. I was Jimmy shocked one this year. He didn't spike it because he was shook after getting cracked in the head while diving to the end zone. Um. It feels a little bit like you brought up the Warriors, Marcus, and the Warriors, like, it's different because it's not, you can play James Wiseman theoretically 12 minutes in a game, and it's like, hey, he's developing. You can't just play your quarterback like, hey, you're going to play three series this game, and we're going to develop you that way. We saw it. They said they were going to do it last year, and they didn't. It feels a little bit like at some point, whether it's next year or the year after, to develop this they're gonna have to scrap the two timeline idea because i don't i don't know how realistic that is because maybe trey's first full season as a starter they go six and eleven or seven and ten but he gets significantly better over the course of the year i'm i'm curious to your thoughts if like the two timeline thing worked for the warriors do you think it can work in football well i I, I definitely think it's much different for a quarterback you know what i'm saying like mm. i think womack is gonna be fine <laughs> right you know what i'm saying like yeah you got the fine, right like yeah. so uh i mean it's hard to say the warriors didn't work they literally won a title right but, but i can tell you the veterans are like when it was money time who was on the floor <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i'm saying like so uh it worked in the sense that having them didn't prevent the veteran from doing what they needed to do. Right. And they had just enough veteran support to manage it. So I think in that sense, I think it could have worked. I think it was going to work. Right. Uh, I really felt like this team was going to be good. uh, And I felt like Trey was going to get better. And if they could just kind of hold the fort, and by the time after the bye, you know, you got all them home games and like he could develop a rhythm and you get in the playoffs, even if it's a wild card and you make a run like that. But that's going to be because of the defense It's going to be because of players like Debo and George Kittle. Like that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think it's possible. It's just so tough from the quarterback position. Like right. that that's the one like even even the point guard can't control like like boost or ruin a game in in a way a quarterback can you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like that's just such a instrumental position and i do think i feel for trey like it is incredible to get drafted to the 49ers it is incredible to get drafted to a team that will 
show you how to win and be professional because you know mm-hmm. you could get to a team and they will teach you the wrong way how to do this right and that impacts your career but man from a development standpoint like that's tough and even the Warriors <laughs> players go through it right Jonathan Kaminga's watching dudes who he was cooking in the combine like getting 30 minutes a night he's like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Maybe I should be, you know, you know, come on, you can't tell me he wasn't like, man, if I was in Orlando, I'd be rookie of the year, right? <laughs> yeah, like, right. So he came to a team where he don't get to cook. Like, so I, I think it's tough, but if you have enough of the other, to me, the defense is always going to be the foundation of this team. So if your defense is good enough, it's really just about, yo, Trey, don't, don't blow this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he would have got there. I really do think he would have got to the point where it's like make a few plays. I think Kyle would have had to open it up a little bit, but make a few plays. Don't choke. Don't blow it. And, like, we got this pretty much. And I, I think the the only thing was the first couple of games, Kyle was just leaning very heavily on the veterans because yeah. he didn't want the young guys to make too many mistakes. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. Like, it's interesting and it's not because with Jimmy, it's like, all right, we've seen this movie before. Like, like you, you said, you ain't seen this movie. You ain't seen what Jimmy about to do. <laughs> well, so that's what's interesting about it. It's like it could look exactly. You don't the same. have the answers, Chris. Contract your <laughs> the Niners. Contract could... Jimmy. Cast off Jimmy. <laughs> so okay, so are... up, Jimmy. You ain't seen this, Jimmy, bro. <laughs> so are you call? Are you saying Jimmy's going to be Super Bowl MVP, and and we're going to have to talk about some potential awkwardness when the 49ers have to figure out a, a Jimmy versus trade discussion next spring. Spicy. He won't be Super Bowl <laughs> LVP. How about that? Uh, sure. Great point. That's <laughs> pretty important. I, I do think Jimmy's going to have a, a good year. I think he's going to ball out. I think it might be tough to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but, Particularly against whoever you play in the Right? Year. Absolutely. It's just yeah. so many. I mean, I know it's early, but man, even Philly is looking scary. That Tampa Bay defense is a problem, right? Like right. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the NFC is like kind of strong. But I mean, just think about that. If he got them to the NFC Championship game, if he got them to the Super Bowl, like man, that's three. You know what I'm saying? Like that's three <laughs> NFC champ. Like at some point, you know, if you any other team, I don't know, like if Houston's gonna be in the South, but I'm like, yo, pay me my money. Like, let's right. go, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Break bread, you know, like I, I didn't I didn't got to three NFC championship games. And you know, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get you there. I think for the 49ers, it's like you gotta win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But for most teams, yeah, get me to the NFC. <laughs> See, I think he's kind of I think he's destined for a place like Pittsburgh. Like it's I said t- Pittsburgh, and I, mean, I still yeah. think Pittsburgh. I'm not a big Mitch Trubisky. Fan. No, I think. I think yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh a big Mitch fan. Next offseason would be would be good. All right, should we just talk Warriors then? Mitch Trubisky sucks, dude. Yeah, Mitch. Man, can I we, can't we believe that guy's job. Uh, we're not going to talk defense at all. <laughs> what do you want to talk about with the defense? Uh, is, is Talanoa Hufanga him? Kyle wasn't pushing Trey because he knew, man, you're going to get on. You know, I got I got these 49ers podcasters who just gonna get on here and they only care about Trey and Jimmy forget <laughs> you know what I'm saying forget Dre Greenlaw's bounce back game you know what I'm saying forget 
the the secondary locking up, like you know. But yeah, sure. Let's. let's uh, do you want to talk about how they I, handled you know the fire zone blitzes and and you know like the the match coverages and all that? You want to get into that? Hey, you, let's get it. What you <laughs> no, hey, okay. I have a question. Um, is this defense going to be better in 2019? I thought so at first, but now I'm like, oh no. <laughs> really? Here's the, here's the issue. You know what's so great about the 2019 team, man? That front four, bro. Yeah. Forrest Buckner. Like Buckner is such. It was Buckner and Armstead. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and uh, and uh, what's DJ my Jones, South Carolina. DJ Jones, like, like them dudes were holding it. Like, so if like Ken Law's got a, you know, he's got some big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. But you could see them. You could see the attention. Like Bosa's getting even more attention. Like, and he's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like. It, can you imagine if they had like Armstead now? Yeah. Like in 2019, he was still kind of like growing, and and Buckner with the attention that Bosa gets, like that front four was crazy. Mm-hmm. So me, I don't think the front four is that crazy, and you kind of can see, like if they don't get there, it exposes some things. But I do think the secondary is much better. And and I think I think week one was a bit of an aberration. So I do think they'll be really good. I was convinced they'd be better than 2019. Now it's like, all right, you, you got to show me something first. Are you a Hufanga believer? Is he him? I'm I'm, I'm all in, yo. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> and I was a big Tart guy. Like Tart was one of them super smart players, so you don't even mm-hmm. appreciate how good he is until <laughs> he's not playing. <laughs> right. And then you're like, yeah, who's that back? there right like so, you know tart is like great preventative medicine you know what i'm saying like a lot of stuff doesn't happen just because he's back there but man who who is, is a is a playmaker bro like this yeah. dude is always around the ball like and he's got like a spirit about him like he like I, I think he's special i told him that too i was talking to him i was like man i thought you was gonna be good but i think i've decided you're gonna be special Man. <laughs> like I, I really think dude's gonna be like he's gonna be nice nice he's like it's <laughs> he's like impossibly nice as like a person like he's that, like that, would, that kind of blew me away though he don't play like a nice guy right Right. like he's a, it's he play, he, it like he might be a little crazy like oh, i don't know about talking to this dude he's like he's a little wild <laughs> Right, who's the nicest guy in the world? He's like, un- it's a little uncomfortable. Like, you ever meet somebody who's just like so nice? It's a little uncomfortable. Yes. Like, that's kind of how it literally is. Literally, like, <laughs> he was so humble, and you yeah. know, like it was crazy. I was like, is this the same? I'm looking up at the lot. Like, is this the same? Is this twenty twenty nine? Right? Like, <laughs> like he plays like a maniac. Yeah, but, but then you talk to him, and crazy. he is literally the nicest, calmest, most humble guy. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he, it was, it was weird. It, it's very jarring. Like, and it, it, there's like, it doesn't feel fake at all. No, it doesn't I, feel like manufactured at all. He there's just, real potential. Yeah, there's real potential for him, like you said, if he's special to become like a beloved player by the fan base. Oh, I think. No question. I don't know oh, with that you... hair banging out the helmet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it was a very, it was a very sharp contrast. Because you know, you see a dude like. Like Jimmy Ward, right? Like Jimmy is like he's putting his nose and everything. Like this dude's tackling tight ends. So when you talk to Jimmy, he he reminds you of the dude, like how he plays. Like you're like, I don't care, right? You know, you got that swagger about him. I expected Hufanga to have the same type of flair, 
but it was like the complete opposite. <laughs> like he was like super humble. It was like, hey man, I need to. He makes you feel like you got to get your life together. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he like, does. Hey, I need to be. I need to be better to people. Like <laughs> that's a good way to put it. How can I improve myself today? Exactly. Like man, I, I know the first time people meet me, they don't walk away feeling. Like like I felt after I met him, you know what I'm saying? They're like, oh man, he's incredible. They're like, ah, I don't even know if I like this marketing guy. Yeah, he's all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to walk away feeling like I felt with him. I'm changing who I am. That's awesome. It's kind of the first time we had Juan Toscano Anderson, not to get this back to the Warriors, but I figure we're headed that direction anyways. The first time we had him on my show, call him, I call him at the hotel and he thanked me for calling him. Um, it's like, man, that's not how this works at all. I'm <laughs> supposed to thank you for your time, and you just say, "Okay, like that's." And he's like, dude. and uh, he's. Let me tell you, Juan is the f- first one ready to fight. Right, right. <laughs> like it, it's crazy, right? It, he's the first one ready to fight. It's unbelievable. It, you know, they do their media training, so you mm-hmm. can see some guys kind of running through the steps. You know, they'll like <laughs> right. they'll like say your name, and then sometimes they'll respond with the question, be like. Oh, good question, Marcus. Right? It's like, oh, look at you, been paying attention to training. But some of them dudes, you can tell, like this ain't training. Yeah, it's just how you are. You know what I'm saying? Like just the uh, the appreciation. Uh, it, it, Juan was one of them dudes. Uh, who's another one? Where it's like, yo, man, I'm just I'm just glad you're talking. Those guys are rare. They just don't happen. Yeah. Most guys are like, dude, all right, another interview. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them who's who's your who are your some of your favorite like niners guys you've spoken to like per, from a person personal was my guy I, I absolutely love trent like i kind of want to be trent williams trent williams is the best i think if i could be an nfl player it'd be him <laughs> I, I i'm i'm this close to asking him if i could pose for a picture in front of his jet or something like <laughs> like dude just cannot stunt one day like he's the coolest cat right like he's yeah he is Mr. Swag, so he's great. I love talking to Jimmy, Jimmy Ward. Uh, I like the defense guys. I love Aziz is great. You can always have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just talk about stuff. Like, he's great. Um, Joe Staley was incredible. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so it was so honest, right? Like, you, you kind of knew. And, and he had this ability to kind of, without saying, don't write that like his tone would change to be like i'm about to tell you some truth right, right. You know, yeah, yeah. at my back you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like i i like those guys those guys are great um me and dj jones you know he's mr south carolina so mm-hmm. he loved talking about john morant and, and zion williamson because he feels like south carolina is taking over pro sports so it was always great to talk to him like barbecue at south carolina sports <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't top that. Like, it's a man that 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 locker room has a lot of good dudes in there. Uh, yeah, a lot of like chill, a lot of fun guys to be around. One of DJ Jones promised the media at one point that he would like cook for us or like barbecue for us, and that never happened because of the pandemic. Like a, yeah, they like a barbecue grill. A grill yeah, he has a restaurant. Yeah, he yeah. has a restaurant, like a line of sauces and everything. And we never got like, that's one of the many things the pandemic robbed of us. But DJ was like, definitely one of the nicest dudes. Nicest dude. Yeah. He, he's one of the people who like, uh, thanking you after the interview. I'm yeah. like, man, you, yeah. I needed a story. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> you right. for your time. I've been wanting I'm to ask you this question. Cool, by the way. I don't want Jimmy's to cool. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's a nice guy. I've had good conversations with Jimmy. 
Um, I okay. I have a Warriors question. I want to ask you. They can't pay everybody. Everybody's. I'm sure everybody's asked you this. They, they can't can pay, pay everybody. everybody. They can't pay everybody. They can. They can. There's Do you think no they will? I don't think they will, but they can. <laughs> <laughs> They're never so going to pay everybody. There's no rule against it. They're mm-hmm. literally covered to be able to pay them. They just got to pay a tax with it. So if one has to go, and I think this is such a fascinating question because all these guys are so at such different stages of their careers. But if you look at Jordan Poole, uh, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green, it kind of feels like the decisions. Are you forgetting about Clay? Wow, I think Clay's untouchable. You know, like I think Clay's at a different level. I was Clay untouchable and Draymond not because Clay is well, like everybody talks about how easy Clay is to just be around and coach and all that. You can't tell me Steve Kerr thinks Draymond's easy to coach. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that. <laughs> okay, Clay. but if you want, okay, so we can include Clay in that. We can make it four. You Which one of those? Like, I'm not changing my game. You mean that Clay? <laughs> Does he need I'm to? Still getting my shots, that Clay. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right. So if it's those four, I respect your point. If it's those four, which guy do you think is most likely to not be on the team in two years? I mean, probably most likely is Draymond because I think he's the one guy who will be like, "Man, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, out Just to a different team. Or... Thing. Y'all, yeah, y'all retired. Don't pay, y'all don't want to pay me, man. You know, trade me. Like, like, who's the one dude who will walk in there and demand a trade? Yeah, it's Draymond. Draymond for it's sure. Draymond, right? Draymond. <laughs> and it feels like he set the table for it by doing that max yeah, contract. Yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, his max is a slight raise. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's it's not crazy. That's it's like three million dollar raise, right? But. <laughs> But I actually think Wiggins would be the the clearer choice. I think I, so too. I, I just, mm. I just, I mean, if you're just looking at pure basketball standpoint, take out the reputations, take out the whatever. Like Clay is the choice. Clay's the one whose contract is insanely huge. I mean, it's forty plus million, right? Mm-hmm. At twenty seven, like that's <laughs> that's a fifteen million dollar difference. Like Man. that's huge like clay's contract number is ginormous right it's like right behind steph <laughs> mm-hmm. so and then you have like jordan Poole, who kind of you know plays you know you can go with the two guards together like you could just it feels like you could make up clay's position a little bit easier but when you throw in the fact that they won championships their reliability like i just don't know how you move him or Clay or Draymond. I, I just really don't. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you ever get value. And you just absolutely have to nail it. You cannot mm-hmm. nail it. And how, how can you be so sure of that? Right. And there, if there's anybody, I'm not number one non-touchable guy, it's probably Jordan Boo. I'm not touching Jordan Boo. Like we literally just watched what Steph Curry did. And now another guy comes on with handles range. And, and yeah. like a flair for like you you think Jordan Poole has another level? Absolutely. No question. Man. Absolutely. He can get stronger, he can get better defensively. Uh he can get better at getting to the rim. Like you could see him trying to force his way to the rim, but I still think it's a little light. His handle can get tighter. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's got I mean, this is his third year. 
but he's like 2013 Steph, like in fifth year Steph. You know what I'm saying? Like where it's like, oh, I feel like I got something. Yeah. But mostly like from a basketball perspective, like you could just see how guys like Wiggins, guys like Draymond, guys like Kevon Looney, how they simply benefit. You can build a roster around a gravity player like that. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Poole is a gravity player, right? Like he won't shoot it like Steph, but at some point he's going to get terrifying, right? Where he's right. Like coming down in transition. We're not leaving that guy open, right? So to me, it, it's like a a carbon copy. You know, it's like it's like a, a trading in your your luxury car and getting a more economical but still kind of luxury car. Like I <laughs> it's like, yo, I got this Mercedes, right? But man, I can't really afford this no more. It's getting old. But I ain't going Mercedes again, so let me get this smooth little Audi or this nice Lincoln. You know, <laughs> they still make Lincolns. Hey, I got a Lincoln, man. Let's go. <laughs> Love my Lincoln. <laughs> Come on, the you ain't seen the Matthew McConaughey commercial. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what sold you on the Lincoln. This huh? is McConaughey, right? Yeah. <laughs> the thing, the most encouraging thing for me about Jordan Poole was watching him figure it out in the finals. Yeah. Because he looked like borderline unplayable the first couple of games, and then he just started to figure out where he fit, how he fit, how his game fit. And I just watching him impact games four, five, and six was like, oh, this this guy is something. He's figuring it out in the biggest series of his career. He's figuring out how to play. I feel like he makes it more important to keep playing Draymond. Like hmm. if Steph Steph has four more years left, right? Like Clay and Draymond kind of get a shelf life because of guys like Jordan Poole. Like here's somebody else who could literally be like, "Hey, I got this game." <laughs> like I'm yeah. about to cook these dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And now that makes Draymond's D that much more important. Now it makes Clay spot up that much more important because somebody else hmm. can take advantage. Like the the issue with them and the the question the entire time was. Man, we got these three stars, but who else we getting, right? They like remember it's like, yo, mm-hmm. can you get Dane? Can you get Bradley Bill? Right. <laughs> it was like, what else? Right. What else you got? Like, we need somebody else. And the the what else is on the roster is Jordan Poole. You know what right. I'm saying? Like for cheaper. <laughs> so yeah. to me, it's like, yo, you you found Jordan Poole. Maybe James Wiseman is something. He's under contract. It's a low number. Maybe Kaminga something. That feels like a reason to double down. And there's really only one super problematic year, right? Next year, 23-24, like if they gave everybody extensions, they would all be on the books, and then Clay would have that huge $45 million number, and the tax bill would be insane. But then the following year, you know, as long as you get, you know, uh, Clay to take a, a reasonable contract, you you kind of right back to where he was. So you, the hit, the, the biggest hit is for one year, and if you sign these dudes and they don't look like it, like the contracts won't be crazy. You can trade them, right? You can, right. you can. So to me, it only makes sense. I don't know. I feel like Joe, you know, this is Joe Lacob. If the tax bill is 200 million, hey man, go get 200 million. Like, <laughs> go get a TikTok endorsement or something. Like, you know, <laughs> go find the money. Don't let these dudes walk out the door. They champions. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think. I think Wiggins is the easiest guy to move off of because they've already won that trade, right? Like they, that was a home run trade. 
Obviously, he was great in the playoffs, and uh, he'll probably be good again next year, maybe even better. But like, if they traded him, there wouldn't be like an uproar in the fan base in the same way there would be if they traded one of the three core guys. And to your point, like maybe moving Wiggins allows Pool a little bit more breathing room to to you know carve out a bigger role in the offense. And also, like I don't know if this necessarily matters to the Warriors, but would it be crazy if Andrew Wiggins went somewhere else and kind of reverted into like? I don't want to say like a disappointing player, but not an all-star, you know, that because he doesn't, he, he's not in the Warriors infrastructure and surrounded I mean, by all I these guys. He suck for them. Right. Cause it's like, dang, man, we had a dude who was really good with us. Yeah. And, and we <laughs> were the answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, they love Wiggins and Wiggins is definitely lovable. Right. Like to me, and this is why if I'm making that decision, I don't care. I'm keeping Gary Payton second. Like, I don't care what you're doing. Because if you do lose Wiggins, the, the reason he's so valuable is because he's guarding the best opponent. Like, that's, yeah. his, mm-hmm. that's his job. And you just don't find those dudes, man. Those <laughs> those dudes just don't fall in there. Could so Kaminga turn like into that guy? That's what I was going mean, to ask. Potentially, but you, it ain't going to be next year. Yeah. You know, like like learning how to play defense at that level, it, ta- it, it takes some time, you know. GP2 walked on, like, and came out of nowhere. But that dude been – He's been playing defense for, you know, the last 10 years like that, right? Like just locked in, focused. So to me, those dudes are special. The thing I worry about it with Wiggins is, okay, like can you imagine him going against Luka next year, him going against Tatum, right? Him going like these dudes are incredible offensive players, and they remember getting clamped by Wiggins. So it's like, all right, then that's what makes Draymond so great. Right, that's what makes Draymond great. Draymond locked you up, and then he talked trash to you, and you came back like, "Oh, I'm about to shut this dude Draymond up," and you still couldn't. You know what I'm saying like that's that's a legendary stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's like yeah. a dude getting the best of Steph. You know he coming back. Right. <laughs> you know he cooking you on the second time around. So now we get to see Wiggins like now as the stopper when not like he's in front of Lucas. Like, all right, Lucas spent all summer thinking about Wiggins. <laughs> like now yeah. how does he you know what i'm saying so we'll yeah, get that to sounds... see that from wiggins like and if he answers that bell he might be man he might not be moved because he's 26 bro that's the thing wiggins is that's 26 crazy. he's, eight, he's like an 18 year vet he's not even 30 that's true it's not even barely <laughs> late 20s not even yeah that's what i'm saying still young. Like... i want to i want to fast forward to 2030 while we talk about young players from the warriors and 49ers in 2030 who are you taking, Trey Lance or James Wiseman? Trey. Okay, okay, I have another one. Trey Lance or Jonathan Kaminga? Trey. I'm going with the quarterback. Okay, Trey or Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're you optimistic about Trey then, because I am too. Like, I, I think he's... I like Trey. I just don't know if it's going to be with the 49ers. Mm. Yeah, that's... Like... That's interesting. He just... <clears throat> The dude played 2019, one mm-hmm. year, right? Yep. North Dakota State, he played 16 games. The year before that, he played one game, his mm-hmm. freshman year. Sophomore year, he played 16 games. Since then, dude's played like six games. <laughs> right. Yeah. So in years. three years, I think he played one game in the, in the what you call it, season, in the yeah, in against the yeah. year. Southeastern he, he Arcan- Arkansas State. Yeah, he started two <laughs> games as a rookie. 
and started two games. So that's five starts in three years. Like yeah. he needs to play. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he he needs to play. So I don't know. Like next year, depending on, I think it depends on how Jimmy looks and how he does. You know what I'm saying? Because if if the yeah. same thing happened and you get to the playoffs and Jimmy doesn't have it, he's not the guy. Man, Kyle's gonna be like, "See, this is what <laughs> this is what I told you." But then if Jimmy goes out wins the Super Bowl, does he turn around and be like, "Uh, you know"? show me the money like break bread i don't want to be here y'all didn't want me i got my super bowl i'm out i'm going to pittsburgh right like i and if that's the case then what do they do so jimmy could win a super like if if they win a super bowl jimmy could come back and say hey guys i just won a super bowl i'll stick around but you got to trade trey yeah yeah or like i don't want to play yeah. y'all. y'all didn't believe in me you had me as a backup yeah. now i proved it so let me go let me yeah. go cash out now right <laughs> with right. somebody who who wants me like it to me, Jimmy kind of holds the cards with his play and what he decides based on his play. But it, it, it's just, it's hard to see a universe where Trey gets the snaps he needs to get better. Like on a team that's trying to win the Super Bowl. I, I think it's, I think it's possible. Uh, and you know, another year in, the system and around, I mean, it's not, there's like not no value to that. There's got to be some value that will help him in some form of fashion, even if it's his mental is under control. Uh, but and that's, that's, that's tough, man. Like that, that's tough. And he just, to me, he just needs reps. That's all he needs. He needs to play. He needs to get out there. He needs, he needs what uh, Jalen Hurts got. Like people are like, oh yeah, you know, we see Jalen Hurts running. Like, hey man, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> Jalen Hurts played a lot of football before yep, he looked yep. like this. Yeah. Not to mention he played what four years at Alabama. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like got a spot in to, Oklahoma. To, uh, you know, went to Oklahoma. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Remember Tua took his spot. Like, this dude's played a lot of football. Yeah. And then he got to the pros and it was like, yeah, man, just go play. We ain't winning nothing. We in the NFC East. Like, don't even trip. <laughs> right, right. Then that's so, what like, the Niners are going to do at some point. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like, how do you do that? To me, the answer is to have the great one of the great defenses in the league, right? That's the way to, to do it. So if the yeah. defense is that incredible where it's like, go ahead, Trey, throw two picks. <laughs> like, we're going yeah. we to shut them down anyway. To me, that's the answer. And if anybody could kind of call a defense like that together, it's probably – you know, you'd figure the 49ers would be one of them. But it's still just – it's a lot to ask. It's really tough. Especially with Kyle, by the way. Kyle is a, like a coach who's like, yeah, I ain't really feeling you right now. Like, <laughs> let's run the ball 20 straight times. Like, Kyle is kind of a gangster. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you <laughs> yeah. ain't bringing it, he ain't messing with you. So, I do think that's a part of it. It's not like a, oh, well, let's get you the time. Like, Kyle's like, look, man, I'm not feeling you right now. I don't care who you are. If you Jimmy, if you Jimmy Garoppolo, and you just threw a pick to Hendrix and uh, against Minnesota, like that's <laughs> your last game. pass, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he threw fourteen passes the next six quarters. That's insane. It's just like he was just like, yo, give me, hey, nah, nah, give, give me the rock, bro. <laughs> give me the ball. But Kyle's not playing with you. Like that's nope. that's a big that's to me that's a big part of it. Where I mean, you could say he'll he'll come and he'll say the right thing, but you could see it in the play. Like yo. I'm not fooling yeah. with you right now. You're not ready. And yeah. I do think that's a part of it. Like where some coaches are like, man, let's develop this dude. I'm going to take this L, you know, what I'm saying? like, but Kyle want to win the Super Bowl. And there is, 
you cannot blame this dude for that at all. Nope. Like, that's exactly what you want the coaches to win football games. Yeah. So we've done Niners. We've done some Warriors. Uh, I'm going to go way off the beaten path here because I have wanted to ask you this, and I guess I should just ask you on the pod since we have you. Are you optimistic at all the A's are going to get this ballpark thing done? I am. So are you? I am. Really? Why? Because I live here and... Well, you're optimistic. Like, you've seen what's happened to to Oakland the last few years, and I assume you're... None of it was this, though. None of it was this far. None of it... They ain't never got this far. Okay. I think the the Warriors had Mm -hmm. one meeting with Jean Kwan, (laughs) and I I think she was late or something, didn't show up. Like, you know... Oh, no. uh, You know, the Raiders were out there panhandling for... Yeah. Like, yo, right. man, I got 500 million. Can we get this $2 billion stadium? Like, what you got on my stadium? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so there was never this amount of momentum. My, one of my, you know, I like the fact that my district rep is like, hold on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Carol Fife <laughs> is like, I don't, you know, we need, I need, we need to flesh this out. But to me, I like that. I like the fact that Fisher is just not about to get a handout. Like right. that people are figuring this out to me. That's the next closest thing to saying, Hey man, either you got the money or leave. <laughs> I'm of that ilk. Right. If you yeah. don't have the money, sell the team or go where the handout is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but, but in this situation, I do believe that some of the improvements that are being made from the stadium are good for the city. I do believe some of that stuff, the city should be paying for and if the A's want to front the money and get it back later, you know, I that's about as close as I'll come to like the municipality being involved, right? Like, if, mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting to the point where we can't stomach any of that stuff, but this is like right on the, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, <laughs> I'm gonna give you this money, but I want it back. I'm gonna, can I get my money back out the taxes, right? Like, sure, right. that's about the last possible handout, you know, but you know, there's all kind of, socioeconomic and political elements that mm-hmm. should be vetted like absolutely so to me the fact that all this is happening is kind of encouraging right whereas yes yeah. th- this i mean especially the way the age used to do it it's always a threat it's always a hustle right it's always you owe me this and you don't it's always these kind of like gaslighting tactics where now we having a serious conversation about do we want this or not like, mm-hmm. and how do we make this effective? And because the A's really ain't got nowhere to go, even though they act like they got somewhere to go, they <laughs> got to sit here and ride this out. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a relationship where neither one of y'all ain't got nobody else, so you might as well sit down and watch this movie together. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's been my favorite part is the A's are like, yeah, hey, we bought this land in Vegas. And Oakland's like, great, so this term sheet. Like let's talk about it. <laughs> like, hey, if you got if you want to go, go. Then, yeah, all right, then, goodbye. Henderson yeah. comes out like, yeah, man, we ain't got no money. Yeah, <laughs> who are they? Yeah, what are you? <laughs> what, what you talking about? We ain't got no money. Like, <laughs> we ain't give you no more money, right? Like, we we done. We tapped out. Yeah. So I'm just feel like, especially on the West Coast, like this is major. Really, people aren't just giving money to billionaires like that. So to me. I'm encouraged by it. Like you, you hear people talking about it. You hear people asking about it. Like it's about to be a part of the mayoral race, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like this is, we've come a long way from, will the A's move to Fremont? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, San Jose. will they go to San Antonio, right? San Jose? Like, like now we actually have a conversation about 
Should municipalities be participating in this? What's the level of participation? Where's the money coming from? Like all that stuff. And, you know, it's a little bit over my head, admittedly. Like I don't have enough bandwidth to be reading uh, as what I would need to, to know what's happening. Sure. But to me, the fact that this conversation is happening means like to me, if it, if it feels like a good sign, I think I feel good about it. Well, that makes me feel Even a lot it better. it might not happen, right? Yeah. That, but if that... it doesn't happen, it ain't never happening, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it yeah, doesn't like... happen, he going to have to sell the team, and somebody going to have to come and say, hey, man, just give me the price, Sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just give me – tell me what it costs, and I'll get, I'll pay for it, and it's all good. That's well, Joe, Joe Lakin would be like that Joe guy, Lakin. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Joe would do that in a heartbeat. Joe would do that in a heartbeat. Man, that would be so, excellent. Oh, my God. That would be – I was born uh, – so I was – Born after the A's last one at World Series, <laughs> if Joe Lake bought the A's, it'd be the best day of my A's fan life. Not even, I, I don't know if it's close. It would it'd definitely be, be meaningful, right? I mean, especially yeah. if he treats the A's like like the Warriors, right? Oh. To me, that would the league no salary cap. Like, I, I do like the idea. I, to me, like, and we're about to see what's gonna happen with the Sarver stuff. And you know, I'm not a billionaire, so it's easy for me to say. But it feels like this thing just got to be more open, man. Like, you know, like, what's the criteria? Like, how do, like, does Joe have to own like all the bad franchises for them to be serious about their teams? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Joe, how can you buy Sacramento? Like, <laughs> oh, all right. Man. All right. Well, Marcus, it's been, uh, wow, we've gone for probably way longer than, than we were expecting. We really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, it's always great catching up with you. And uh, yeah, where where can people find you, Marcus? <laughs> hey man, you know what? Google me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus Thompson, the Athletic. You know where to find him. Uh, thanks again for coming on, man. You're you're one of a kind. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I need I need that video lighting setup, Kyle. Go ahead. Shoot <laughs> I got me. you, man. Yep. Track, you know what I'm saying? I need it's actually a. Uh... It's an Ikea desk lamp pointed at my wall to reflect off the wall. Oh, nice. Look at that. Yeah, I can't do that because if I have a light here, but it'll just like glare off my glasses. I got to figure that out. Contacts? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Nobody nobody will see this video though. So. I mean, it's a it's an audio medium. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Appreciate it. All right. That. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself. 
with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.